As we gather around God's Word, I remind you once again that God's grace, which is that stockpile of undeserved love, and His mercy, which is God putting that love into action in our lives as we don't receive what we ought, and His peace, which is the result of that love. Those three things are all yours because of Christ and and His work on our behalf. And so we gather in His name. And I'm just going to state something for the record. Everybody, everybody loves a hero. I think that's true. Everybody loves a hero. So much so that especially when you're young, and you're growing up, one of the things you love to hear are stories of heroics. And so this is what I'm going to have you do. I'm actually going to have you take one minute right now, and I want you to think in your mind of when you were growing up, from the ages of one until ten, I want you to choose who was the hero that you looked up to. It may have been someone you watched on TV. It may have been a movie that you watched, may have been a a comic book, but I want you to think through who a hero was that you looked up to and then share it with the person next to you. One minute. It was a short minute, but good. I'm glad to see you're thinking. Now, everybody loves a hero. Can someone share who their hero might have been? Mr. Courtright. Luke Skywalker. Luke Skywalker. And who can deny that? Not quite as cool as Han Solo, but but he was a hero. All right, go ahead. Russell? Joe Montana, one of the best quarterbacks ever, behind Matthew Stafford. Very good. All right. Um, Do you have a hero? Who's your hero? God is your hero. I want you to hang on to that one. It's a beautiful thought. Hayden, what do you think? God, too. From the mouths of children, my friends. It's a beautiful thing. Hold on to that. All right. Nikki? Oh, boy. Wonder Woman, I haven't, I don't think I've seen the recent one, but yeah, Wonder Woman, amazing hero, someone to look up to, Amy? The bi- Okay, you're starting to date yourself a little bit, the bionic woman, all right, good, good, thank you guys for sharing, everyone loves a hero because when we grow up, we see how these heroes, and maybe it was when I was growing up, watching, watching very rarely TV with my dad, but I remember watching Zorro. And the Z, you see the Z, and you're like, oh, here he comes, he's going to save the day. Or you see the bat signal cast up into the air, and you know Batman's coming. Or you see the S, and you're reminded of Superman. Or even in cartoons for kids, the Wonder Pets, they can save the day. And they do, right? Now that you're thinking about all the heroes... I want you to think about this. 
we grow up always idolizing a hero, but maybe the sad reality is the older we get, we stop putting our confidence in heroes, but conversely, we realize just how much we actually want one. You see, when we're a kid, we think heroes are a dime a dozen, and we're so blessed to have them, and then you realize that maybe there isn't a bionic woman, maybe there isn't really a Wonder Woman, maybe there aren't really the comic book heroes that always save the day, and we realize just how rough the real world can be, which is what makes our message today so amazing. You will come face to face with a real hero. In fact, the first words of our text today are almost like the words out of a hero movie. They're going to be this. Strengthen the feeble hands. Steady the knees. Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong, do not fear. You can almost imagine that coming out of a comic book. But it's better. It comes from God's word. So let me read these to you now. Isaiah chapter 35, verses 3 and following. Listen to these awesome, heroic words. Strengthen the feeble hands. Steady the knees that give way. Say to those with fearful hearts, Be strong, do not fear. Your God will come. He will come with vengeance, with divine retribution. He will come to save you. Then will the eyes of the blind be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then will the lame leap like a deer and the mute tongue shout for joy. Waters will gush forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand will become a pool. The thirsty ground bubbling springs. It's the word of our Lord. What a heroic message. But what is more, what a message that we needed to hear. Because we're all looking for a hero. And we need it. And to show you how much we need it, listen to who he directs this message to. He says, you need to strengthen your hands and steady your knees. Say to those with, and here's the word, fearful hearts. There's an awesome picture behind that word fearful. The word actually means the ones who have hurried hearts. Hearts that are racing. Hearts that can't slow down. And I think you know that feeling all too well, especially as you get into your adult years. Your heart betrays you. You have a hurried heart. And that can happen for a couple of different reasons. It may be because you're scared and your heart starts to race. It may be because you're just unsettled and you have a lot of insecurities and you're not sure where you fit in into this massive humanity. It might be because you just got really bad news and the last thing that you can do, despite how tired you are, is actually get any sleep because you can't turn your head or your heart off. It's hurrying. You need a savior which is a hero. And so what does Isaiah say as he relays the message from our God? He says, Say to those with hurried or fearful hearts, Be strong, 
do not fear. It's almost as if the bat signal has been cast upon the sky. Except that we're talking about the real world. You see, Isaiah gets it. He knows the malady that affects all of us is that sometimes behind the rough and tough exterior, we have a heart that betrays us that's not always at peace. And so what's his message? The message is this. You can have peace for your calm heart because your God will come, he says. Your God will come. But we actually can say your God has come. You see, this is the benefit of being able to read through the book of Isaiah so many years after the fact. But if you were to put yourself in the shoes of the Israelites at this time, they had hurried hearts and fearful hearts almost like none other because they were watching their lives literally crumble around them as they looked around and they were seeing their once beloved and strong empire, the Israelite nation, just falling to pieces. And it's because they cast their heart on different gods for so long. They gave up on the real God. They betrayed him. They said, we don't want any more. And eventually, as soon as that spiritual infidelity caught up with them, they realized they were exposed. They had no hero anymore. And their hearts were hurried. Because they were constantly looking over their shoulders, wondering who the next attack was going to come from. And they realized just how much they had given up by forgetting about God. And the message was this. Straighten your legs. Firm up your hands. Calm your heart. Because your God, the one that you've cheated on, he still will come. And he's going to come with vengeance. Isn't that what heroes do? Especially those darker heroes, the ones got the the steely eyes, and he's looking, we are coming here with vengeance, with divine retribution. These are words that should scare us because we're thinking, God is coming, the hero is coming, and he's coming with divine retribution, with vengeance. But then he says he's coming to save us. Which shows just what amazing of a hero we have. What makes him so heroic is that when our hero arrives, he takes all of the divine force of God and he directs it not at us, but at our sin. The hero has come to save the day. Think about what Jesus has done to fill the role as your hero. Jesus came with the full power of heaven behind him, with vengeance on his mind, with divine retribution coming, and he tackled not you and me, but he tackled our sin. The one thing that plagues us and causes our heart to be so hurried. You see, he gets it. Sometimes in these modern-day comic book uh, movies that come out, you have these heroes that are sometimes a little off-kilter. They mean well, but they don't always hit the target. 
not Jesus. Your God will come, and he's going to come and do exactly what he needs to do to calm your troubled heart, your hurried heart, your fearful heart. He's going to give us a reason to pick our head up in the morning and to to strengthen our legs, and it's because he went all out on an attack on our sin. And you see that on the cross. You see that when we celebrate his death and his resurrection, and we can go back and say, do not fear. Your God has come. And he's done amazing things. As you listen to what Isaiah writes, he says, then will the eyes of the blind be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped? Then will the lame leap like a deer and the mute tongue shout for joy. Do do you see what he's describing? He's saying, when your Savior comes, it's going to be a game changer for this world. And you're going to see things that are so counter to the way a sinful world normally runs. And hopefully these words will cause you to think of what happened in Acts chapter 3, which we read, and Mark chapter 7, which we read. You see, the arrival of Jesus, the ushering of what we call the messianic age, Jesus was saying, I have come with divine retribution and I am going to take on the effects of this sinful world. I'm going to start to undo the things that cause you to have unsteady legs, racing hearts, And so, yeah, he healed some people. Did you see that amazing display in Mark chapter 7 where Jesus takes that young man who had some physical maladies, he pulls him aside just so he had some alone time with him. He shows his care by sticking his fingers in his ear. It's like he's saying, you can't hear, I get it, but I'm going to handle this first. And then he touches his tongue and he says, we're going to take, this, take care of this problem next. We're going to start to undo the problems of a sinful world. And our eyes start to water because we're starting to imagine what an amazing hero we have that has come to start to fix the problems of this world. But just right there, we start to fall into another trap. And we start to think, you mean we're going to get paradise on earth? which we're reminded that our greatest foe is not that some of us may have physical maladies, that sometimes our bodies might give way, or that sometimes our relationships are broken. Those are just symptoms of the real problem. Which is why Jesus, even as he takes the time out of love to heal some, he makes it clear But that's not the real reason I'm here. With divine vengeance and retribution, I need to go after the root problem. And the root problem is the sin that has plagued this world ever since Eden. And he goes after it to do amazing things. Sometimes we need to be reminded of that. Because we feel like we're living in a world where the hero just doesn't show up. But it's not true. 
From our vantage point, we can look at the words of Isaiah chapter 35 and we can say, be firm, be strong, your God has come, and then we can witness as our lives begin to change, maybe not physically, but spiritually, our heart starts to settle. And you see things through a totally different perspective. Because yes, you might still wake up tomorrow with the same aches and pains that you have. And the relationship problems that you came here with, they might continue. But the relationship with God is restored through Christ. And it gives us the confidence and the hope to stand firm and to say our Savior has dealt with the greatest problem. Stand firm. Take heart. Calm your heart. Your Savior has come, and he's done amazing things. Here at Divine Savior, our opportunity is to simply look through the pages of God's Word and see the heroic actions of Christ on a weekly basis. And as we witness what he has done for us, What a blessing for our heart to be put to rest and dwell in the comfort of knowing our Savior has won. May God bless you and keep you as you dwell in that same confidence. Amen.